Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Enterprisers, I have another amazing conversation for you guys. I have Adam Sharif and we're going to talk commercial real estate. We're going to talk investment. We're going to talk all of that good stuff here in a second. But before we get started, Adam, can I get a Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about your background. how we get here today? Give us the two minute version. My background is in commercial real estate is any property that's used for commerce an apartment building, mobile home park, office building, retail, industrial, self-storage, whatever that is used, that's a physical plant and it's used for commerce. That's, we call that commercial real estate. And so I started my career in commercial real estate as an investment broker, went on to become a lender with one of the largest platforms at that time, GMAC Commercial Mortgage. I ran the equity transaction group for GMAC, CM. I was a member of the senior management committee. And then I went on to acquire and develop properties in Illinois, Texas, and South Florida. And right now we are using a concept that we created back in my days at GMAC, which we did in analog. We're today leveraging technology to take the same concept, which was widely successful and bring it to the commercial real estate ecosystem. It's a way to provide, to make the market more efficient, more transparent. Ultimately, the goal is to create better liquidity, greater amount of liquidity in a market that's considered illiquid. So let's back up a little bit. So investment broker, how did you get involved in that industry in the first place? Because you don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I want to, I want to go into uh, to be an investment broker or do you? Well, I knew I wanted to be in, in commercial real estate. And there are two paths there on the transaction side. One is you can become a leasing broker where you represent the, either the tenant or the landlord in negotiating leases and that sort of stuff. The other one is being an investment broker. And I said, I'm going to be an investment broker. I committed to doing that and just made a lot of calls. I was like, it's a little lucky. One of the largest brokerage firms in the nation was expanding into Chicago at that time. And I interviewed with them and they got, and they hired me and I learned a ton from that experience. In fact, anyone that's interested in getting into commercial real estate, I highly recommend if you can get it, start out as an investment broker. And there's a lot of companies out there that would hire someone they feel is hungry enough and motivated enough and willing to put in the time and follow the script they have. It was a great experience. I learned more about commercial real estate there than I have any other place. Of course, it was everything I was learning was first time. So yeah. And so that makes sense, right? It's a foundation. Yeah. You strike me as a smart guy. You know your stuff. 
What are some of the things that you think or ways that you think that might be considered different than what some other folks might think that's in your space? Well, I do know this. There's a lot of smart people in the world, right? And they've got a system in place already, right? So, and they're taking advantage of it. So I always thought that for me to be competitive with those folks and do it in a sort of a faster way than others would, I would have to figure out a different way to get to where they go and because they had those days pretty much covered, right? So I had to find a different way of getting there. And it's surprising in commercial and how much people stay in their lane. They have a lane, they're comfortable with it and they're successful at it and they stay there. So there was a lot of other areas fell over from that that I noticed were opportunities that someone else can come in and sort of do very well. That's probably the one thing that I know I've done in my career that maybe others hadn't done before me. So I, that's the biggest thing that comes to my mind. There's a saying in baseball, hit them where they ain't, right? Find where an area where it's not very crowded, but it's great value and see if, what you, get, see if you can leverage your talents to take advantage of those opportunities when they're there. You mentioned there are different lanes. What are some of those lanes? Okay. So when I first started, of course, we'll say that debt guys were debt guys, that equity guys were equity guys, and they don't, uh, they didn't talk very much to each other. They didn't communicate. And, and in many cases, they didn't even like each other. I mean, that doesn't go anywhere without equity. Equity is supreme no matter what. Yet the way it was set up, depending on your definition of the equity side, there was a sort of a caste system in place. What I discovered is that you can't do one without the other. Yes, equity is king. I knew that. And without equity, nothing happens. And that was my thesis behind starting Equity Transaction Group at GMAC Commercial Mortgage. I knew that if I control the equity, I control the debt, I control every other piece of the business. And those were available to the debt guys to do as well, but they didn't. They stayed in there and they, they were comfortable. So when I came and did something different, they just didn't, a lot of people didn't understand exactly what I was doing or how I was doing it or why they should think about doing it as well. But you carve out your lane and then now you've got that lane covered and they can't come into you and just being there the first, being the first one there. And it was just kind of interesting. Yeah, it makes sense. So you mentioned, okay, one way to approach it is find, you know, a need or an area that's not being served and serve that. Now with um, NXT CRE, you guys have developed that lane and you guys are building on that. Tell us more about what you guys are doing at your company. Yeah, so commercial real estate is actually the transaction cycle is cyclical. I can't talk. It's not a straight line. By that, I mean, property owner will acquire property, become a property owner, and then they will sell that property, right? Most people think that's the beginning and the end of that transaction cycle. But the reality is it's not because there's a capital event when the property is being sold and that capital event produces a large amount of a cash equity and that needs to be deployed one way or another. And most people are deploying it using a territorial exchange laws so they can defer the taxes on those gains. And what we've done is we looked at commercial real estate lenders and because my background is in lending, all my team members, most of my team members have background of commercial real estate lending. And what we noticed, what we knew, and I knew this from my days at GMAC, that the lenders are really good when those, when their loans are being paid off due to a refi. They know who those borrowers are. They're going to be refining their loans. And they're sometimes are after those guys two years ahead of their loan maturity. But a larger part of the loans, 75% of all loans that are paid off every year are paid off due to a sale. And when that happens, the lender no longer has a line of sight as to 
the next capital of that that'll be going up. They don't know what their own borrowers will be doing next once they sell their property, what they'll be doing with that cash. We allow, by partnering with us, lenders gain the line of sight into the, what their own borrowers will be doing next. And the, that allows the lenders to provide the acquisition financing on the next acquisition, which most of these people will be doing. And on top of that, by partnering with us and by us providing access to those borrowers who must reinvest their cash, we generate a fee, which we split two-thirds to a lender, one-third to us. So not only are they gaining line of sight into what their own customers are doing, again, keeping your customers a lot cheaper than acquiring new customers. So not only do they gain a sight to that customer's future activities, capital events, they also now get an opportunity to provide the debt fund funding for that activity, which is their business. And for us, what, by us making the whole process available to not only a lender, but also the borrowers and property sellers, we generate a small fee, which we share with the lender as well. So a lender gets money on a deal that they otherwise wouldn't even know existed. If a lender gets an opportunity to provide funding for their next loan, that otherwise they wouldn't. And for that borrower who must reinvest, they now have a high probability of making sure that their exchanges are done in a timely fashion and they're not a, left in a position where they're forced to acquire a mismatched asset or something they really want as opposed to buying something simply because that's all they have access to. So our job is to provide, to show every opportunity is available to those borrowers that, that are needing to reinvest the money. Now, I may be talking out of line here, but would you be able to give an example of a deal that you guys have facilitated? Oh, I can give you an example of the deals of that type of deal way back in my days in GMAC to right now. For instance, right now, what my, my days GMAC, uh, GMAC, you want to hear that story? I'd be happy to tell you exactly how we came about the whole concept. Okay. Here's what happened. When I was at GMAC, we were the 800 pound gorilla. We had a servicing portfolio access of $300 billion. No one was even close to us. And 20% of our loans would pay off every year. And the company did a great job of identifying those who were going to refinance and provide refinancing. But as I was looking at the numbers, I saw that 75% of those who were paying off their loan were doing it due to a sale. And so I asked, well, what's going on here? What's There's a capital event happening. What's going on here? So they said, well, we don't care. We don't know. We don't care. We're at that platform. Whatever's happening there, it doesn't really, isn't for us. I shook my head. I'm like, you got to be kidding. This is a giant capital event going on. A lot of equity happening. I run the equity transaction group. I want to know what's going on. So I, we started doing research, found out that most of those people selling off their loans were going to be, um, by selling their property, were going to reinvest the proceeds from the sale to buy another property using the tenth of an exchange. We asked them if they'd be interested in seeing opportunities. Well, if you know any, and if you know investors, especially those we now call must-buy investors, tenth of exchange buyers, you know that they want to see every opportunity in the marketplace, right? So how else can you make a, how else can you be confident in the decision you're making if you're not confident that you're seeing every opportunity in the marketplace. So they want to see everything, right? So then we went to a couple of other borrowers and asked them if they were interested in selling and they would be interested in us showing them their deal to our must-buy investors, to property sellers who universally consider temporary exchange buyers to be the holy grail of buyers. The answer was, of course, these people have the cash on hand. They have a very short time to make a decision. So as a seller, I don't have to be strung along. I know I'm going to get a deal done when I do a deal with these guys. And because these must-buy investors must invest their money, they care more about deliverability of a property than they do care about other factors. And as a property seller that's motivated to sell, 
that's exactly what I want to sell to. So it was like shooting fish in a barrel. Unfortunately, the downside was that we couldn't handle the buy-in. The buy-in was so great that we, back then we had phone fax and FedEx as the most often used tool of communicating data. And that just wasn't enough time, even by the fact that we were identifying these must-buy investors 30, 45 days ahead of their sale, which is 75 to 90 days ahead of their selection deadline, it still wasn't enough time to make phone calls and get someone on the phone. And then there were emails, but you couldn't have a password. You know, it wasn't like it is today. So we just dropped it because we weren't serving our customers very well. And so I left GBAX for my own real estate investment development firm, developed in, uh, again, Illinois, Texas and South Florida. In fact, my first deal in South Florida was an acquisition of a George Soros REIT that included a 517-unit apartment complex right on the water in Miami Beach. So it was a really exciting time, and we developed a thousand-unit townhouse development, a bunch of other stuff. And then about three years ago, maybe now over three years ago, I started thinking about technology, what it is today and what it's doing. And and I, then I thought about the concept we had at GMAC, and I said, you know, in analog, it doesn't work, and at least not a large volume-wise. But with digital capabilities we have today, we could take the same concept and supercharge it, if you will. And that's what we've done. It took about three years to build the messaging, the team, the, cap- the tech capabilities, and all those things take a lot, a long time to do, a lot of resources, right? Because when you're building anything, first thing you need to do is identify the components necessary to build that. Then if, once you've done that, then you got to find a talent that can actually take or, or put those components together, if you will. And we've had some great acquisitions to our team. Ken Greggs, AC Burger, Don Stevens, and I mean, on and on. I mean, I can go on and on and on as the type of talent we have and their knowledge of, of the market and that sort of stuff. So that's where we are right now. And obviously I don't work at GMAC anymore. GMAC doesn't even exist anymore. So I didn't have the in-house sort of thing. I had to go out there and find partners, lenders that would partner with us because it would have to be sort of a partnership, if you will. And that took a long time, but we did. Our most recent signing was Lumen. Lumen is an Oryx company that has $88 billion in asset under management. They have $50 billion in loans. They've been our most recent lender using our platform. They just started actually this month and things are going great. They're sending out emails to just 7,000 of their borrowers saying, hey, we're partnering with Next CRE. It's great opportunity for, for us to provide you enhanced services. It's very much like what banks do with Zelle. I'm sure you received emails from your bank saying, hey, use Zelle, Zelle's great, all that sort of stuff. Well, now we have our lenders doing the same thing for us, sending marketing material to their customers saying why using Nick CRE to help them with their next exchange and other stuff like that, it would be such a valuable service for their their customers. So, so we're excited. So what are some of the things that as you continue to build this out, what are some other challenges that you are having to overcome? Well, I mean, our challenge is probably is not too dissimilar from anyone else starting a new, something that's never been done, something that people start ask, well, if this is great, why it hasn't been done before. Those are the, some of the challenges we have. Getting commercial real estate lenders to understand that this is, that what we're saying is actually true. They are grass their head, like this sounds almost too good to be true sort of thing, right? And sometimes when people think that, they they start thinking that maybe they shouldn't be the first one. In fact, that was our biggest challenge was getting the first lender to sign up. And then our second challenge was getting the first lender to start using us. And, but now we've got lenders as partners across the nation from LA to Miami to New York, 
Chicago, Detroit, that sort of stuff. And we're starting to get all those lenders started to use our system the way it's meant to be used. And it's very exciting. Now, are you still involved on the real estate or the investment side of the house? Or are you focusing all of your attention on the new platform and building that out? Right now, I've committed myself 100%, 150%. I mean, you know, if you count my sleeping time, I have committed all my time to next year platform, making sure it's successful. I've purposely put everything else off and I see, I hear opportunities. I'm presented with opportunities and I dismiss them right now because that's because I'm very focused, laser focused on providing that line of sight for our commercial real estate lender partners. That might be a really good segue into my next question. What's a business lesson that you would share with the listeners? <laughs> I don't know if it's related to just business, but I said perseverance is, is the most important thing in, in doing anything of value, right? It's, you'll get, you'll hit roadblocks every day, if not every minute sometimes, right? And if that discourages you from continuing, then it's not for you. You shouldn't be doing that. It, you just have to stay positive and have a can-do sort of attitude. And it's not blind ambition. It's based on actual feedback. Every time I'm getting, like, I can't find anyone that says, oh, no, this doesn't work or no, that's not a good idea. I've never had one person say that to me. So every time you're pitching, for instance, everyone says, well, that's great. Do I say no one else has done it before? or something like that, but I've never heard anyone say, oh, that's never going to work. That's not going to fly. So based on that positive feedback you get, it keeps you driving, even when things aren't, uh, things aren't coming along as fast as you wish, because they never do, right? I mean, if things came along as fast as you had uh, wished them to come, you're being very conservative in your thinking anyway. But you have to understand that, and you have to make sure that, that just because you miss a deadline or a timeline and getting from A to B, it is in the end. It just means that you just, just, you just can't quit. You got to stay on it. Of course, if you're, if it seems like it's none of work, that's a different story. If I couldn't attract the talent that I attract, especially at the beginning where there's no pay, there's no, there's nothing. I'm just saying, listen, you're trusting me. You're going to jump on board. You're doing it because you trust my ability to execute. Everyone thinks it's a great idea, but every idea doesn't work and every great idea doesn't get executed. But it's all about the execution, right? I mean, the idea is great, but you're only going to join me if you are confident in my ability to execute. And so when you start attracting people based on just that, right? No, not getting paid or anything like that. Then you know that what you're trying to do isn't just you. Other people are seeing it and also confident that it too will be successful. I guess they look at me and say, this guy is committed to this concept. So I don't have to worry about him six months from now ditching this whole thing because, you know, he got discouraged and I just wasted six months of my life. So that's, it's something like that, I guess. What's the, your proudest moment from the last 90 days? Proudest, well, I mean, the most exciting moment was when we had our lenders stuff first start using our system. When I saw that email from one of our lenders go out, like the Zelle email I mentioned before, that go out to one of the borrowers and they've always jumped on it and immediately start using our platform, recapture the buying information, match them with multiple properties, basically all within 24 hours. That was very exciting. And we want to see more of that. And that's the whole goal, of course, is to have, have that just be the very start. But the first time you see it, first time you actually, everything you worked for over three years, all of a sudden 
it just works, right? And an email goes out by a, by a lender, the borrower receives it, immediately finds it valuable enough that they click on it, fill out the questionnaire, submit it on our platform. We have it, and they have multiple properties that they otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity to see come to them. That's all exciting. That's all exciting because that's what it's supposed to be like. That's what it's supposed to do. Got it. What are you most hopeful for in the next 90 days? Our number one objective is to, you know, signing up lenders as partners is one thing because you've got one side of the shop that was committing to us signing the partnership agreement, but sometimes it's up to the other part of the company to actually execute it. So there's a lag there and the motivation isn't always the same for both sides. And so our objective is to make sure that every lender, all the departments within a lending institution understands the value to them of using us and using us right away. So our goal right now is to make sure the lenders that we have signed up start using us in a full mode to fully automate the system. So it's easy for them to use and it's easy for us to, to power the data into something that's valuable and actionable to the lender themselves. Awesome. I think this is a, it's a really cool concept and it's really cool how to kind of hear the story of how you pinpointed an opportunity and you took the initiative to make it happen. So kudos to you and the team for being able to execute on that vision and that dream. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's just fun. It's fun. I mean, listen, if you get 10 minutes of fun out of an hour of hard work, that's fantastic. I mean, I'm a terrible golfer, but I know one thing about golfing. I gotta have a 10 lousy shot, but I have one really good one down the fairway. I feel great about it. It's like that. You have to take your win when you, when they're there. Most real estate transactions have a long lead time from the time they start to the time they close. During that process, there are certain hurdles, which I call many closes, if you will, that you've got to overcome. And each time you do that, even if it doesn't lead to a final closing, you know that you've cleared another hurdle that's on the way to that closing. So you got to enjoy that, that, that little victory when it does happen. So you got to find them. You got to find them because otherwise it'll eat you alive. Got it. Well, if folks want to learn more about NXT CRE, but how can they do that? And um, if they want to just reach out to say hello, how can they do that? Well, there's um, info at nickcre.com and that gets to us and we'll, any inquiry that comes through, we're more than happy to respond to it. Also, um, we have a website, nixyuri.com. They can go on. And right now, it's mostly for property sellers. It's, that's the audience that our website together speaks to. We're going to change that to also provide more information for lenders that might be interested and also must-buy investors and other sort of stuff. But when you go on it, it sort of explains exactly what we do, why we do it. And, but again, it's targeted more towards property sellers or those seeking investments because our most my investors and there's during a year is about 70,000 of them and they invest about 150 billion in equity and they buy $400 billion of properties using $250 billion of debt. So some of those most buy investors would want to invest in someone else's deal as a passive investor, if you want. So, um, anyone who is looking for equity, anyone who has a property they want to sell will find that going on our site would be an exciting opportunity for them. All right. Very cool. Well, thanks again for your time, Adam. Oh, my pleasure, Elsie. I appreciate your taking the time to have a chat with me. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, 
No excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.